You are listening to episode 61. On today's episode, we have a special focus on a guest who you may have heard in an individual episode already, Tajmir Gathers and her business partner, Emma Peralta. And today, we're going to discuss how to create a successful pitch competition with a social focus. Tajmir and Emma are two dynamic Black women on a mission to reach, advise, launch, support, and educate Black entrepreneurs from the ground. And they thought that this type of pitch would really give some founders an opportunity to get trained and really know how to present their businesses, especially being impacted more during the pandemic. I cannot wait to share with you their heart, vision, and passion on today's episode. And by the way, if you've been loving the Okiki podcast and you've been loving the value it's been bringing to your life, be sure to let me know in the comments. I would love to hear which episode has impacted you the most. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to follow me on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Now on with the episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone welcome to the okiki podcast and today it's a bit of a collaboration because i have the honor of working with tajmir and emma on their new event called the brunch pitch tajmir is the founder of dm firm and emma is the founder of united black businesses so i'm very excited to be collaborating with these ladies they are in new york and i am in canada so i get to be their international (laughs) (laughs) partner over here so yeah I want to know what inspired you to start this brunch pitch and what really created the vision what happened was I was doing a lot of business development Emma was doing a lot of interviews of black entrepreneurs you know it would be cool if we can get them to pitch their businesses and so I was like, okay, cool. I'll provide the business technical assistance and you're already doing a lot of the interviewing. So it was a natural synergy thing for us to just come together and say like, how are we going to make this happen? And a lot of it was also looking at the fact that this opportunity or this opportunity to pitch your business or even developing a pitch for your business is not something that you don't, it's not something you really see for black entrepreneurs or you know, entrepreneurs that are of, you know, other cultures. So it was kind of like giving our community an opportunity that they normally would not have access to, right? So when we talk about being equitable, this is part of providing equity for those businesses. Yeah, that's a really good point you brought up. And I think prior to you both coming up with this event, 
Why do you think there's been a lack of pitching in general, particularly in the Black community? Well, I think one, the barrier of entry for pitch competitions are rather high, right? Like you have to have a business plan together. You have to have an advisory board. And most of the pitch competitions, or even when you think about venture capital or investment, go traditionally to people who are doing beauty or people that are doing tech. And black entrepreneurs are doing everything in between all of the spectrum. So if you don't really fall in one of those categories, you kind of don't think it's important for you to necessarily have a pitch because you're like, I'm not going to go get an investor. I think pitch competitions are only to go get an investor or get into an incubator. And I might be the owner of a barbershop. So why would I need to have a pitch, you know? But I agree. I think a lot of it is that it wasn't accessible. A lot of it is also that a lot of our business owners are like heavy in the trenches, meaning that they're the only person doing every single part of, like they, they are every piece of that engine that is that business. So it happens, this idea of doing a business pitch is not even something that occurs to them because they're so focused on like all the details that go into either the product or the service that it is that they are providing. And it's also not something that we learn, right? We don't learn this in school. No one told, you know, someone when they were starting a tea business, like, hey, you, you need to learn how to pitch your business. You have to be honest. You're also pitching it to customers, right? Because you want your customers or your consumers to have faith in your business. But a lot of times you don't have that much time to convince them that they should invest in your product or they should invest in your services. So again, it's about accessibility, knowledge, and just manpower. So we're now creating that opportunity. We're creating that support. So it's like, yeah, you do need a pitch and these are the ways that you can use that. So it's kind of, like I said, it was just very, very necessary. And when was both of you, you ladies, when was your first exposure to understanding like a pitch is necessary, as you're saying, um, not just for tech, not just for beauty, but for anyone who really wants a successful business? So for me, I actually took a jumpstart program with Tasmir, right? But originally, I was trying to start a production company and I was like, I have all these great ideas, so that's what it is, right? I have the ideas. I had some people in place to get it, to kind of like get the, the videos and the series that I wanted to like go up and running. But I didn't know the business end of creating a production company. So then I went to the Jumpstart program and she's like, all right, so what's your business about? I gave her everything. Like if Tasmia wanted to take my production company and make it her own because she has the knowledge, the business end, she couldn't. So then I learned that, that in order for me to communicate my idea or my vision, I need to communicate just enough, but not too much, and in a short, succinct amount of time. The problem was that I was just so passionate. And not that it's a huge problem, but that's when pitching becomes a little challenging because I'm, I, was, I am so passionate about everything that I do that I just want to go on and on and on and on and on. But the reality is if I don't catch people in that first minute or two, all they hear is wah, 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 wah. And if I'm giving away too much, that person's actually listening very closely. And then next thing you know, someone who has more resources, more money, more time, more connections, now is doing the thing that I tried to do, right? So that's when we realized, like, listen, our businesses in our community probably are doing the same thing or don't know how powerful it is to have a really strong business plan. And for me, I work in economic development. So I've known like, 
the past 10 years that I've been working in economic development, that there were these pitch competitions that were happening. But again, if you don't know how to get connected, you don't know the requirements to enter the pitch competition. And then if you don't have the support, because all entrepreneurs come with a different type of skill set, right? So you might have some people that although this is their new business venture, they have different support within to help them accelerate a little bit faster, whereas someone else might be the only person in their family or in their friend group. They might be the only entrepreneur. So they are their own kind of support. So trying to figure out how to really level the playing field that is not just going to be about who can get up there and basically be the most charismatic and they have the best presentation skills and they have the best charisma to take over the room that they're going to win the pitch. But you can, you know, also compete by knowing what your problem is, what your solutions are, what makes you different. It's all a part of what goes into a pitch that I think most of our entrepreneurs know, Mm -hmm. but they don't know how to frame it properly because they just go off into like, when I was eight years old, you know, and then I went here and then I went there and then uh hour later you're still like okay so what is your information but like what are you doing but it's that reaction that I was talking about when we create businesses we have so much passion and usually the passion is in the product or the service we're providing right business end is the thing that you start learning like oh shoot I want to, you know, I want to make this juice, but I need a nutritional, you know, label. And it's like, damn, I can't sell this now. I need a right. a, a label for my product. Mm. I don't know how to make labels. I know how to make a banging juice, but I don't know how to make labels. So now I got to find someone to make labels. And guess what? The design itself costs money. Printing the labels costs money. I need to figure out what kind of label, because not every label is appropriate for the product that I, you yes. know. So then now you start to be like, now they're learning, they're learning on the field. So which mm-hmm. is why we talk about how important it is to have the support together, right? So with a pitch, you can convince a graphic designer to maybe even design your label for free for now, right? Because you're going to pitch your business. And when you pitch it strong enough, they'll believe in your business. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to do this for you. And obviously continuing upon it being kind of beneficial somewhere in the line. But people first have to believe in your business before they'll commit in any kind of way. Lots of value there. And uh, another question, Lise, now that you've seen that gap, you've had your own experiences. How did you frame this event in a way to let those people know, those people who aren't necessarily tech and aren't necessarily in BD, that this is an event for them? Oh, one, it would be in the pavement of like, I'm going to reel these people in because also, you know, one of the things is that sometimes our community doesn't really know when opportunity is an opportunity and trying to even educate them about the opportunity and why they should want to be involved took a lot of handholding and a lot of trying to, we had to come up with our own pitches, right? Because it was like, once Emma got the people in the door and then I was trying to help them with their pitch. Almost everyone from the first call was like, okay, so can you bring this down to me again? It's like, it's almost like a reframing of the pitch and the opportunity before you can also get folks to do the pitch. And I think a lot of it is also on trust. Like, even though these people know us, right? They know us, they know Emma or they know myself. By now they know the two of us. It's still a level of trust. That's like, I don't really know if I can trust you in helping me to craft this 
So it's, it's a whole lot of different kind of elements that go around to really getting the pitch together and working on getting the audience group. But our hope is that now that we are going to be doing this one time, people will see the importance and the feedback and the support that comes mm-hmm. along with it that will get more grassroots people because Emma and I are focusing on those people that are moonlighting after work, people that might not have any clue what a business plan is, what business development is, what the economics is behind doing the business. They're just running purely on passion like Emma spoke to. Those are the people that we want to work with, not people that already have access to incubators and accelerator programs and different people within their network, but really the everyday average person that's like, I'm going to come up with a recipe. I'm going to come up with a juice to Emma's point. I'm going to come up with a clothing line or something like that, or even a service. Everything doesn't have to be so product focused, but we're trying to really reach out to the people that we would traditionally overlook just because, you know, people might not take them seriously. So it's funny because on my end, as far as you were saying, like, you know, I was really hauling the businesses in because I had a lot of people that were interested but didn't think they were good enough. So my job was to let them know, and I won't say convince them, right, because it's an an actual fact. I've actually tried a lot of these products, is that they are good enough. Mm -hmm. They're more than good enough. But they need help expressing how good enough they are in under <laughs> so that's where they're going to get the help so a lot of it was an emotional thing right for people to understand their business is worthy that they are worthy that they can do it that they will be supported that was a big thing right having the support knowing that they weren't going to be alone knowing that you know and then i framed it in a way where it's like if you don't win you still win you win because you got a room full of people to listen to your pitch you are getting feedback from five panelists and two other people, which is us. You are able to get that exposure. You're going to have a video of your pitch that you can use, you know, in your social media or just because you win doesn't mean that your pitch wasn't good, right? You can have five really good pitches, but you only one can win. So it's not that you have bad pitches, it's just that it's hard and we got to decide on all women. Right. So I have to also frame like all the benefits of doing this. But for them, for the most part, it was just scary. It was scary because they had never heard of a business pitch before. I had to frame it to them like, you know, Shark Tank. And they're like, yeah, I was like that, <laughs> like that, but for us. <laughs> so then, it, you know, slowly but surely, they're like, OK, I got it. And even like while, you know, they were practicing with Tasmir, I would get close. Like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. I don't know. I'm like, look. This is why Tasmir is here. And I would also give them some feedback. So some, you know, one person had a business that covered one thing, but they did it four different ways, right? And so they were given the feedback that they were all over the place. And I'm like, you're not. You're doing this one thing, but these are the mediums that you're using to target this one thing, right? So even being able to kind of confirm and just reaffirm them like, no, you're on the right track. And even if you don't win, you'll get feedback to know how to make it a little bit more concise. So it's a lot of emotional stuff. I love uh, both of your answers because I feel like for the Black community, particularly, there's like, of course, the external and internal factors that do actually stop us from getting some of these opportunities. I remember reading up that this is the first year that they've seen 15% of people in the Black community actually investing in stocks, for example, um, things that they could 
always have had access to, but did they know they were capable of it? Did they know about it? Things like that. So I'm bringing up that question to say, what do you hope is the overall impact of this brunch pitch at the end of the day? And what do you hope it'll do for the community moving forward? So my hope is that this will create an opportunity for many more pitches to come, many more brunch pitches to come where entrepreneurs, Black entrepreneurs, minority entrepreneurs are confident enough to enter these pitch competitions. And ultimately, if we get more and more businesses to enter the pitch competitions, they're getting the feedback, they're getting the exposure, it will provide them with a way to better their business or better the way to communicate about their business. And even for those businesses that don't participate, I hope that this will at least make them aware that a business pitch is a thing, right? So even if they don't come and pitch at the brunch pitch, they're at least working on it on their own, right? And so a lot of it is bringing awareness, providing these businesses that otherwise wouldn't have this support or this opportunity, those opportunities, and to build their confidence. And I want to push Black economics, right? I feel like Black people are very into being sustainable. Like we will think of how to survive. It's kind of like built in our DNA to figure out how to, how to survive. And when our backs are up against the wall, I feel like that's when we are probably the most resilient. But I don't want us to wait until you lose that job to then say like, I'm going to figure out, I have to figure out how I'm going to pay my rent. So I'm going to do a fish fry. I'm going to do a whatever, right? I want us to be a lot more entrepreneurial in our thinking and trying to figure out what natural born skills were we birthed with? And then what learned skills did we get to help us really become more self-sustainable? And the brunch pitch is just like one of those ways where Emma and I are very focused on if we can and when we can, how it's going to be all Black everything, right? Like we want to have, we have a space from, you know, a a Black entrepreneur, our panelists are Black, our contestants are Black, like they really identify with the needs of this community because this community's needs are different from any other communities, right? And so we need to be able to support each other, share skills with each other. And we are the ones that are going to hire each other at the end of the day. You know, when people are looking for jobs, they're going to go to people that, you know, look like them. And we want to be there where we can be as supportive as possible. So I hope everybody finds out about the brunch bridge. I hope everyone is calling us mm-hmm. saying, when can you bring this brunch here to this location um and how can you work with our entrepreneurs yeah and in case we don't have the opportunity to i want to actually talk about like the panelists right the panelists are all entrepreneurs are very savvy in the field of business that they are in and they are doing this for free so they're using their time and we don't you know we have dizzy brown we have jamila mcgill who is the co-founder of brooklyn team we have dr bobby who's a very known orthodontist. She also owns practice. She owns the building that she practices in. She has she owns about three or four different businesses. We have Kenneth who also works in radio. In radio and marketing and marketing sales. We have Patriana who you know owns a PR firm. These are people whose time is absolutely valuable. And I want to thank them. I don't know why I'm doing this now, but I want to thank them for thinking that this opportunity for these entrepreneurs were valuable enough and worth their time. 
because not everyone is going to sit here and, and use time that they could have been using to invest in their business to support a cause if they didn't really, really believe in it. And they didn't wait for it to be trendy. Right. Because we also know that a lot of people are like, I don't want to touch that until you show proof of concept and then maybe I'll jump on board afterwards. So it was really humbling for them to see the vision and to see how grassroots and also how our hustle was. Like Emma and I are out here hustling. We have our own individual brands. This was something that we wanted to do outside of our brands. And so, you know, we have a lot of other things going on, but we were like, we're going to put the time and energy into this and to see them actually get back in that kind of way before it was a cool thing to do and it becomes commercialized in a way that makes sense but the dj also when he heard about what it is that we were doing he's like i love this idea we need it he said if you need me to dj i didn't ask him i was at another event supporting another business and he said if you ever need support in doing what you're doing let me know i'll come i'll dj at no cost and so said so done i gave him the date he put it in his calendar and he is coming out today with all of his equipment same thing with Royal Event Space, where we're having the where we are right, where we are right now. So Hanson, he is the owner of the Royal Event Space. Once he told him about the idea, he was down and he was supportive. So this will always be the home right, of the brunch bitch. Mm-hmm. Because this, you know, not every venue is going to believe in you enough to just say, you know what? Yes, you can use my event space. Right? We are so grateful that there are so many people that are just as passionate as us and they can see the vision and they understand the need for the brunch bench in our community. So much so that they were able to actually support us in ways that if they probably didn't support us, this would not be. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey. We're all looking forward to seeing this. Uh, I'll have more footage and clips as the event goes on from different pictures. And thank you, ladies, for having the vision of putting this together. All right, thank you.